Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to give two small disclaimers. The first is that Chris is still out of town, which means you won't hear him on this week's episode, but never fear, he will be back next week, which means not only will you once again hear his beautiful voice, but these episodes will finally be properly edited. So we are all looking forward to Chris's return. The second disclaimer is that this week's episode is a Love It or Loathe It episode, where we, um, where I, we kind of chat in a book club style format about one particular book. I wanted to just give um, a little note, which is that we discovered while recording this episode, literary fiction does not necessarily lend itself to the love it or loathe it format. It was really difficult. The first half of this discussion in particular was really difficult. Um, but if you will be patient with us, the second half of the of the episode where we were able to talk including spoilers, the spoiler-filled discussion, I think was a lot better. So if you'll just bear with us through that first kind of first 10-15 minutes of the episode where we're kind of getting our footing and we're also going to be trying to do more... Um, our next Love It or Loathe It book is going to be a memoir, and so our hope is that we can have more strong feelings about that book one way or the other. I think this particular title, because it's literary fiction, was just hard to really have these strong feelings about one way or the other. So you may notice some of that in the episode, but I just wanted to let you know that a, we're going to be choosing kind of a different genre for our next Love It or Loathe It, and B, if you'll bear with us during that spoiler-free discussion, this book was really hard to discuss without spoilers, so once you enter the spoiler-filled discussion, I think you'll kind of understand more where we were coming from on how we loved or loathed this particular book. So, without further ado, this week's episode. Oh, there has to be. All my Oh, gosh. I got my super loud, annoying laugh. No, you think perfect. Thank you. You're perfect. You I can hear it upstairs all day. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I do. I did discover I'm a whole body laugher. Mm. Like I, no, see I see it every a time. lot of pictures where I'm like, like, <laughs> yes. like reared back. Or like, like, or like you like clap. And yeah, oh like, yeah. Or my hands <laughs> are on my <laughs> like all the time, and um. At, when we went to Liam's that night, I told Jordan later, I was like, I saw so much of the Liam ceiling. I, <laughs> I laughed a lot, too. My face hurt. <laughs> Welcome to episode 120 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and I'm joined by two special guests. I'm Hunter McClendon, podcast regular and coolest kid on the block. I'm Emily McKenna, uh, owner of Your Maker. Yay! Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Nice Thank to be you. back. It's time for Love It or Loathe It, and I didn't look up what volume this is. Six. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Love I, It or yeah. Loathe It. I'm, that sounds about right. <laughs> but I sound confident, right? You did. Yes. I totally believed you. <laughs> volume six, we're going to say. Um, we all decided to, after a lot of speculation and discussion. It took us a long time to pick this book. We are going to be chatting today about Katie Kitamura's, do you think that's right? Kitamura's? I hope so. I say Kitamura. Katie Kitamura's A Separation. I kept saying Kachitani, but I I was looking at the wrong book the whole time, so. (laughs) That's incorrect. This cover is super (laughs) striking, and it had been on our shelves, and I wanted to read it, so. Speaking of the cover, this is important to me. Okay. I love this cover. And I'm not going to compare this book to Perfect Days. This book is better than Perfect Days. 
Um, but I do feel like this cover, I liked it the same way I liked Private Day's cover, but I don't think it's, I think it's, it suits the story, but I feel like the cover was almost better than the story for me. Ooh, spoilers. Spoiler, um, I, no, I love this cover. I think it has very little to do with this book. I don't yeah. understand what it has to do with the book. Like, it's beautiful, and I do think we're in this new phase, this may be off the topic, but I feel like we're in this phase of literature where in order to get people to buy physical books, they have to be more and more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think book covers right now are pretty astounding, Yeah. and Riverhead Books in particular, I feel like, puts out really beautifully designed books. So, anyway, we are going to be discussing this book kind of book club style. Longtime listeners will know we're basically going to chat about this book. We will do spoiler-free discussion up front, and then probably around minute 20, we'll give you a warning and enter into some spoilery discussions. So, um, Hunter, can you tell us what this book is about? This is a book about... Oh. A separation. A separation. (laughs) It's a book about the separation between a husband and a wife, and um, what exactly that involves, like, as far as what happens with when you're separating from the entire family, I guess, and... And it's, that's, I can't give anything away. It's about a separation. I think the premise, like the, the blurb on the back said something. And I think it was honestly what hooked me, but I don't know that it's really what the book is about. The blurb on the back said something about like, a young woman's husband has gone to Greece and she goes looking for him. Like Mm -hmm. it almost sounded like he was missing and she needed to go looking for him. And to me... That's not what this book is really about. No. This book is really about what the title says it's about. It is. It's a great title because it delves so deeply into what a separation really is. Yeah. And that's interesting. A very specific separation, though. Yes. Yeah. Not. I don't think this story is... Well, I hope this story isn't universal. <laughs> um, Emily, what were your gut thoughts about the book? I am so blah about this book. <laughs> it's not bad. Like, it wasn't terrible to read. But I think we're going to get into the... I just felt like I was reading it with a veil over my face the entire time. I just yeah. couldn't see it clearly. And I know that felt really intentional, but it mm-hmm. didn't feel... Like, I felt like there were opportunities for it to be more artistic, where she kind of, in points, reached that. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was elusive, mm-hmm. you know? I... And I lived in Greece, and I was really excited to read this book. Mm-hmm. The only thing about it being in Greece is how dirty the side of the road was. That was accurate or specific. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but that she is... They're from England, and uh-huh. there was n- one time an apartment was called a flat, and the rest of the time it was called an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was so disturbed Whoa. by it. I felt like this could have been anywhere in the United States, definitely not in Europe. No, yeah. I completely agree with that, actually, because one of the things I kept thinking the whole time I was reading it was, this does not... I get it's supposed to have a universal tone to it, I guess, and like as far as like the, the feeling yes. of where it's at, but you don't mention specific places without kind of giving a little bit more into the feeling of it, I guess. The whole book to me felt very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to be up front and say that if you follow me on Instagram, I gave the book four stars. Mm-hmm. I gave the book four stars for the writing. I think it's really beautiful. I think sometimes it's a little overwritten yeah. and Hunter, I want your opinions on that. But, um, but I, I liked the writing of this book, but it reminded me of, like, My Name is Lucy Barton, in that it's super quiet, mm-hmm. nothing much happens until a certain point. And um, 
I felt very you Emily. You said the veil, a veil. I felt very detached. I felt yeah. like I don't feel super invested in these characters. I felt very removed. But I don't know if that was intentional. Well, I definitely think because there's this moment where um, the main character, who we're pretty sure doesn't have a name, right? It, and the blurb even says just a young woman, and I think yeah. that is intentional. Yeah, but, well, because there's a moment where she talks about the reason why she likes writing what she does is because there's a level of detachment. Mm-hmm. And I think oh. that that might be the vibe that the author was trying to give was to say this woman is truly detached in all forms of her life, which could possibly be a reason why the marriage didn't work. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just felt like... I. I just didn't feel super involved. Yeah. And to me, the best way to read this book, and y'all might disagree, but for me, the best way was to just sit down and read it almost straight through. Mm-hmm. I had to take a lot of breaks because of my schedule. And by the end, I was like, I just wish I had finished this before. I didn't not want to read it, yeah. but I definitely felt like, as opposed to Difficult Women, where I needed those breaks, this one, I just needed it to be one yeah. one read. Yeah. Now, I, I read it in two sittings, and I will say, I think... Um, I think that coming back to it after reading the first half and then stopping, I feel like that might have messed me up just a little bit because yeah. I think one sitting would have been a great. Yeah, yeah. I think I had started it, but I was only like 20 pages in, and then I talked to Emily, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and read this book. Mm-hmm. And I did. I can't, and I think that was, to me, that might be the better way to read it. Yeah. Um, one comparison I made, and Hunter, I think you might take issue with this, but I'm curious. So I feel like a separation does for divorce or separation Mm -hmm. what fates and furies did for marriage i agree i agree with that actually because on my goodreads like review i said that it reminded me of um a lot of books about about like marriage and separation and all those kind of things and i put fates and furies as a as a list of one of the people people one of the books i thought of as well as the silent wife which Mm -hmm. has some stuff to do with a separation too okay yeah, I, I liked Fates and Furies more. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a debut novel? Do we know? No, oh, I, I think she's written. Yeah, I think it's her third, things. yeah. Okay. Okay, well, that changes things. Because I was like, right. if this is a debut novel, then I can't wait to see what's next. Because <laughs> I think, Emily, you said, um, and I think you were only a few pages in, but you had told me that you felt like there were just phrases that were really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I totally thought that was true. Do you think it was overwritten in parts, or is yes. that just me? Oh, you do. Yes, I do. And I, I like, I feel like it was overwritten, but not in a way where I was always impressed. Okay. And that frustrated me because sometimes I'll, I'll like, even with Elena Ferranta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought with my brilliant friend, I was like, this is, um, this is beautifully written. It's oh, some of it was like a little bit overdone, but it was beautifully written. And here I was like, I was like, well, I okay, I've heard that's okay. Good, good try. Yeah, I did like like. She had some interesting things to say about the age difference between men and women that mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, some social commentary kind of sprinkled throughout, I yes. thought. I want a follow-up book that is the um, psychiatrist that this woman goes to after all this. Like, his analysis of her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I want to know... I kind of wanted the other perspective as well um but again i don't know if that's because fates and furies gave us that and Mm -hmm. so i kept kind of wanting it didn't even have to be the man's perspective i would have loved the mother-in-law's perspective somebody Mm -hmm. else's perspective maybe we're not given that on purpose because the author wants us to just see things through this woman's eyes i also felt very 
discouraged by the end of the book because as a married person, I was like, oh, this is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it, felt, it felt very heavy. doesn't seem correct. Like, it didn't weigh on me or, or mm-hmm. anything, but it just felt like, ugh, what an awful view of a, mar- of a marriage. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just me, too. I just don't understand the purpose of the vagueness. Like, it didn't lead me anywhere, you know? I think it might have just been a character choice, but I will say something that I think is very important to... Um, to think about in general with books is that it's important to for an, a writer to choose to choose their um, narrator very carefully. Mm. And while I, and I will actually say, um, I did enjoy this book while reading it, um, especially when I first sat down to read it. Like I kept going, and I was just really interested because enough kept happening to keep me going. It almost reminded me of the pacing of the dinner in some ways. Okay. Because it was slow, but it was enough every chapter to kind of keep me a little That's bit more true. invested. That's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Before I forget, we did get one question on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Why did this book get compared to Gone Girl? In fact, the specific question is, why on earth is this yeah. book being compared to Gone Girl? Thoughts? Um, well, I think that that's like, a, that's like a cheap, easy way to get people to read it because it is about... It's about, like... The t- deterioration of a marriage, which realistically, Gone Girl, mm-hmm. for the first half of the book, is kind of about um, part of it is like the deterioration of a marriage. Like it's kind of going through that with the diary of Amy Dunn, but this isn't about Gone Girl, so like <laughs> I won't get too deep into that. But it is about the deterioration of a marriage to a certain extent. Yeah, I think it's start. It- Maybe, unfortunately, just like I just did with Fates and Furies. I feel like Gone Girl, Fates and Furies, if you're writing a literary book about marriage, then yeah. those are the titles that get thrown out. Mm-hmm. This did not remind me of Gone Girl in any way, yeah. um, except that it's an inside look at a marriage. Yeah. Wasn't Gone Girl like a super active, involved planning life? And this yes. one felt like everything happens to her. It does feel like everything happens yeah. to her. I, just, she's put upon. I feel like she's on Xanax. Like, she is. I just, I have, I don't have enough passion about this book. Like, I just, it feels like a cloud of a book that's just going to float away. Like, I don't understand like, it. Like, now, I will say, like, okay, I enjoy, okay, this is semi-spoilery of what I think, but I will say, when I first sat down, I was very invested for the first bit, especially once I got to a certain point in the middle, mm-hmm. and then when I went back again, I, I stopped at a bad point, I think, because when I went back, I was kind of like, okay, and then, um... I enjoyed it, but I actually feel like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, why did I enjoy it? Like, why did I enjoy Why did I keep going? I certainly know why I kept going, but I will reserve that for spoiler discussions. (laughs) Um, I do think, ultimately, the book had some really interesting things to say about not just marriage, but also, um, gosh, am I allowed to say grief and grieving? Can I say that? Or is that cheating? I'm having a very hard time talking about this book without spoiling. Um, when you're separated, you, you have to grieve. I mean, they talked about at the end that she was grieving yeah. multiple ways. Yes, yeah. that's what I want to talk about. Okay. Can we enter spoiler discussions? Yeah. Okay, so okay. Beca- just because, so if you're listening to this and you're really confused, that's because this book, to me, takes a turn. Yeah. So, we are going to enter a little bit earlier than we intended. We're going to enter some spoilers. So if you have not listened or if you have not read A Separation, then maybe turn us off um, and 
maybe check back with us at minute um, 25 or so. Or if we're, if our discussion is not compelling you to read yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and if, I was about to say, if you're not compelled to read a separation, I think our spoiler discussion might compel you. Yes. So if you're, if you don't care about spoilers, please keep listening. Um, but if you care about spoilers, turn us off right now. Okay. All right. So about, was it halfway through? It was halfway through. Yeah. About halfway through, which I do think that might be the comparison to Gone Girl as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But about halfway through, the chapter all of a sudden, how does it start? There's the chapter like his body was found. Yeah, his body was found, which I was not anticipating it, actually. I don't know why, but I guess that she just kind of threw me off whenever he was, because he's like, he's missing or something, and then she sees him, and she's like, oh, no big deal. He's missing, and you feel, I did not feel invested at all. Yeah. I was like, you felt super detached, and felt like I was reading, A, because I had to for this podcast, mm-hmm. and B, because I thought, well, this is this is beautifully written in parts. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. going. I thought, I'm halfway through. She's about to go home. Something has to happen. Yeah. He's probably going to die. Yeah. But he died, like, he died in such a, like, it, this certainly doesn't take the murder mystery route. No. Um, this yeah, this <laughs> instead takes, the first half of the book is, like, her coping with the separation, and then the second part is, like, her coping with her dead ex-husband. And husband. the second type of separation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to what I wanted to say earlier. I loved the part where she didn't know who to grieve or what she was grieving anymore. Yeah. Like, she... She felt like she had been grieving a marriage, and now she had to grieve the husband. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting... Yeah, I love the line, how and who, husband, ex-husband, lover, deceiver, would I be grieving? And I thought, oh, that's pretty... I like that. Yeah. Like, I like that idea. The end was strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, just the thought process about grieving and and what she was and, and her how she could be in a relationship with someone in the future, mm-hmm. you know, who had expectations for her. Yeah. And I thought all of that was really the most, the clearest picture of what was happening. And I felt like she could have written an essay on just her thoughts on these things Mm -hmm. and been done with it. But it's almost like she had these thoughts and she needed a a way to say them. Yeah. And I know that the detachment was a vehicle for like, you know, there were too many ways that the separation, it was like she went and described a separation or showed you how separation happens in way too many ways. It was mm-hmm. just too mm-hmm. much. Like, I, it's actually really funny because it's going once, once it gets to the point where he's dead and you know it, which when I first found that out, it's so funny because I literally, I kind of like jerked back and was like, <laughs> what? And I really was completely startled. Yeah. Like, honestly, because it feel, felt like I was entering a different book. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. And I'm with you. I think the back half was way more compelling. For me, the back Mm. half was what did it. And not because he was dead, but because she actually felt like she came into herself a little bit more, where you got a more clear picture of her. And maybe that's because we actually saw her interacting with other people. Mm -hmm. Like, we saw her interacting with her in-laws. But the first half was hard to get through. And then the moment... And I don't even think the tone necessarily shifted, but I just felt like I got a little deeper look into her life yeah. instead of just her thoughts on what a dying marriage is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will say, I think it's... So, I, I, the reason why I liked the first half isn't because I thought it was not necessarily compelling or anything like extra, but I liked that it felt like very easy to read for the first half to me. Like, I just felt like I was... I, was, like, I feel like I was moving along and I didn't feel like I was like having to 
trek through. I kept wait. I was waiting. Yeah. Like it wasn't. I just thought something great's gonna happen. Something I'm gonna hear about Greece or Greek food or yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love Greek food <laughs> or you know. It just felt like I was. It felt like she was about to give us something really good, and I don't think I got that. I liked the second half, but it, I was just like. Oh, there's got to be something amazing that's mm-hmm. gonna. The mm-hmm. description was really good. Is that? Book. Do you think that? I was gonna ask what gave you the high expectations. Was it the? The, ex, the um, well, first I love that it was a couple from England, and um, it was about a relationship mm-hmm. and about Greece. Like I thought, there's so many good things that happen in stories that have those things. Yeah. So many, you know, fun but, things to read. But. but you're right. This book could have taken place anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I don't think this book had anything to do with Greece. No. no. It's kind of pointless to go into it and mention it so often and that be it. Yeah. I think, and maybe the issue, I think, could be how it was marketed, maybe. No, because... Although, I don't know. Maybe it was... Yeah. Maybe marketed isn't the right word, because I do think it was marketed as a literary well, novel. There was a weak connection to Greece in the history. He was there to study grief. Right. Right. And then you come back to grief at the end. But see, it's not that memorable. Right, no. It's not. And no. it could have... It could have... It could have been more um, explained or more um, linked yeah. to the grieving that she had in yeah. the end. Yeah. Oh, but the, the... Okay. Actually, I know the one reason why I was so interested in this at one point was because when she goes to see the the, the crying woman... Yes, yeah. the whaler. Yes, the whaler. That had me... If there was one reason... If there was, like, one quality to this book that I thought was its, like, major redeeming quality was that, that moment, like, to me, was... So great, and I don't know why. I like. I thought so no, I liked that part too. I um, I I thought that moment was really beautiful. Yeah. And her, gosh, I found it really uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Like I just felt like because she was there lying, she was deceiving yes. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this woman is pouring like so much out, and yes. she's lying, and it's for nothing. And I oh, just felt bad. I was like, I was kind of tearing up at one point because just the, to imagine that. I kind of wanted to read the husband's book about the whalers. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And when I'm saying whalers, I mean W A I L E R. I should clarify. This is a podcast that <laughs> yeah. could be confusing. Um. But I kind of wanted more about... I'm with you. I thought that was really mm-hmm. just a cool story. Yeah. Um, that, to me, was a really beautiful part. It could have been a good short story, that part. Yes. There's a lot yeah. of good short stories in this. Yeah. Well, which made me one... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I. That's why I kind of thought it might be a debut, just because mm-hmm. it's really beautiful in parts, but I felt like... It was... It was um, it wasn't as great as the sum of its part. No, that's true. It was wasn't as great as the sum of its parts. Is that how you say that? Something like that. Something like greater that. Greater than the sum of all parts. It was the expression. Okay, and this was it less. Was You're yes. saying this was less. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this was less. I, I oh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, you guys, your thoughts on Stefano and Maria. Um, is Maria the woman who we who had an affair with the husband at the hotel? And then you find out that after a year he writes her that they're married and it's like very strange. You know Oh, he writes He writes nameless narrator oh. that he had married Maria. I forgot that. 
I forgot that too. Entirely. Oh my gosh. Now that's the thing. I'm not going to lie at this point. Like the parts <laughs> that I was concerned about weren't even those parts. Like that sounds bad. I will say no. I'm, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I want to go back and reread it actually. So wait, <laughs> Stefano and Stefano is the cab driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I liked his character. Maria, I couldn't figure out. Yeah. I couldn't figure out Stefano because he had a bit of like a, a, an evil. Almost like yeah. a mob like yeah. character. I, but I liked him as a, as almost maybe like an audience substitute, like a reader mm-hmm. substitute, like trying to figure things out. And he's yeah. the one, right, who took her to the whaler's yeah. house. Um, but I couldn't, I'm with you, Hunter, that I couldn't figure out, am I supposed to care about these people? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're named, yeah. <laughs> but I care about the narrator. they're there all the time. Yeah, they're uh, there all the time. The scene where, there's a scene where Maria and the narrator are, they go to the lunch, dinner, right? The yeah. dinner, and, yes. and the narrator pays for the dinner, right? Yeah. And oh, when so I was weird. reading that, I, I got to the end of that scene and I was like, ugh. What? Oh my gosh! Like I did like that scene though. Yeah. That um the whaler scene sticks out, but the scene where they're at dinner and Maria keeps like ordering the best food. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking, wait a minute, like you cheated on like yeah. You're the one who is to blame a little bit here, but I think that's an interesting argument too. Like who is really to blame? Maybe that was part of the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Maria and Stefano, I I feel rather ambivalent about Maria. Um, but I do like that scene in the, in the, um, hotel restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, that the whole, I think part of my frustration was when she goes to Greece, I felt like she made very little effort to find him. Right. Like I kept feeling like, I felt like that twist that came in the middle of the book should really have come about a quarter of the way through Mm -hmm. because I, when she arrived in Greece and like, he wasn't there, she was like, whatever, I'll just hang out at this hotel for a few days. Like, right. I just felt very confused. Like, wait a minute, I thought we were looking for someone. She's too but passive. she wasn't a woman of action. Yeah. No, she's too passive. And she that's... was only there because the mother-in-law bought yeah. a ticket and yeah. told her she had to go. And maybe, like, I know that, like, it's okay to break rules in writing, but, like, the one rule you probably shouldn't break is to have, like, an, an interesting, like, active narrator. I don't yeah. know. That's just my personal opinion. Like, I did like this book, and there was a lot of great scenes, but that's... The way that she revealed the infidelities mm-hmm. was like, yeah, he sh- he's um, cheated on me a million times. Like, and it just kept like getting worse. I was gonna say, and one story kept get like, which I maybe does just go back to her being a passive person because mm-hmm. we do find out about these like. At first, I thought she was being paranoid about Maria. I was right. like, please, like, this woman just <laughs> yes. works at this hotel. Give her a break. Yeah. And I almost thought we were maybe seeing, like, a crazy woman, mm-hmm. um, the narrator being the crazy person. But then I realized, no, like, he has cheated on her, not just once, not just twice. Like, he's a serial cheater. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, it takes a very long time for us to realize that. And she seems so ambivalent about yeah. about it all. Um, it's really every character's reaction and, and role is the opposite of what I would think. I just feel like I was always going back, like... What about oh, wait, the what? in-laws? Wait. No, everything that she... Okay, like, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I just have a thing. Okay, this is going to sound so dumb. I'm going to sound so dumb right now. But I just realized, so it te- like she's telling the story in past tense, and you know this from the first page. Like, it's all like, it's happened, because she's recapping it. But, you know, in like when you're grieving there comes a certain point where the things that you thought were important are not important anymore. And sometimes when you're in that state of grief, everything, you're just kind of like, you're just kind of monotone about a lot of things Mm -hmm. because you're sad. Maybe that's the whole point of this is that she's like in, still in her grief. In the grieving process. 
and yeah. it's true because it definitely made me feel like I needed some self medication after <laughs> like reading it because I yeah. not that I actually did but, <laughs> but like I just was like I was reading I was like oh I just oh you know that's what I yeah. mean by blah yeah. it just made me feel so like what's the point yeah mm-hmm. of anything oh interesting that's Hunter a good I like that you interpretation did not sound dumb at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like if that, that interpretation is the, if that's the truth that totally redeemed this book the, yeah. yeah oh guys. Oh, well, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've had several several listeners have been like, you guys never just love or loathe the book. And I'm like, fair. <laughs> um, except we have loathed a couple. Oh, we loathe five. We loathe a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess my first thing is forget love it or loathe it for a second. I just want to know, are you glad you read it? After the revelation I just had, <laughs> I'm so glad I read it. And before that, I think I I enjoy. Here's the thing: I did not regret. I don't regret owning this book. Um, one, the cover is beautiful, and two, it was it was a good read. Like it wasn't a bad read. I wasn't like angry while I was reading it. I wasn't like <laughs> yeah. frustrated. I didn't feel like I was wasting my time um, for the most part. And I, I I'm I'm glad I read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel as into it as the narrator would probably be into anything. Okay. <laughs> I just, and I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. And I think that it's sad that it took this much conversation to realize that because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of what I've been getting at is that I feel like there's all these kind of really cool choices that she's making, but they're not quite obvious enough for mm-hmm. it to be like, I feel like this book would probably get disregarded if you didn't put some thought into it, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I just feel kind of like, I don't feel glad I read it, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that I can have this conversation to realize after reading it. Yeah. Okay, that's a good... Good I book think, club book, though, right? That makes it a good yeah. book club book. Like, yeah, and, okay, that's my other question as a bookseller. Who would you recommend this book to? Or how would you recommend this book? Do you know, I think that um, if I was, like, if I was going through, like, if I was going through a separation or if I was going through, like, I, like, I would probably be, like in the mood for somebody who was kind of like whatever about stuff. I'd probably be like, yeah, me too. Me too, girl. So but she probably, doesn't give you that much to like no, feel united with her at all. No, but like you could, you're not grieving currently. Like if you were grieving, maybe. then you might, I don't know. I Like I would, um, and I also think maybe, I think that a lot of like women who maybe not identify with any of these things, but a lot of women who are interested in other women's stories. Um, like I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I don't think it's for someone grieving because when I'm upset about mm. something, I want to read a story that's empowering, that makes me want to, mm. oh. a woman who's going to lift herself out of it and, you know, she never does anything. I'm just like, I want to just like punch oh, her. So Hunter, like, oh. maybe you are recommending it for somebody who wants to wallow a little bit. Yeah. I Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you're in the middle of the grieving process, I think this would not... I I'm not a wallower, so I will... I'm a wallower. I <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that I would recommend this to readers who come back to you and like to talk about books. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't give it to someone who you don't really know, mm-hmm. um, but I would be like, you need to read this and then talk to somebody. Yeah, like I would have recommended it to Hunter, yeah. probably, if if we had not read this for Love It or Loathe It. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of those that I could have read as an... ARC at a yeah. galley and been like, okay, Hunter, tell me about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in the store when I'm going to recommend it, if I've got somebody who comes in looking specifically for something literary mm-hmm. um, and looking for, to me, Fates and Furies is the obvious comp title. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I'm with our listener or the Instagram follower who was like, the Gone Girl comparison makes no sense. This is not a thriller. No. This is not some high intensity suspense novel. Mm-hmm. Um, not even close. Which is, and, and I think, Hunter, your comparison to the dinner is good, except the dinner does have that yes. climactic moment. And I, the only climactic moment you get is that kind of just shift halfway yes. through. I think um, My Name is Lucy Barton is the other comparison mm-hmm. to me because Lucy Barton is an s- extremely quiet novel, and I think if you didn't like that, then you certainly aren't going to like this. No, I definitely think if you are looking for um, something more than a beach read, but less than like some of those really daunting, overwhelming books, this is like a good in-between that. it's like That's true. And, and also the size doesn't hurt. Mm, like, right. I feel it's like it's fast. Yeah. I do think I would recommend that if you are going to read this, you read it in one or two sittings. Like, yeah. I just think Don't it's wait. better that way. Yeah. Um, okay, so, final verdict. Hunter, love it or loathe it? I didn't think I was going to say I loved it, but now that I feel like I have to have, like, a love or loathe, not or right now, I'm going to have to do love just because of my revelation, guys. Okay. So. I'm going to say, oh, I think I love it because Hunter loves it. <laughs> oh! Because I'm passive. <laughs> You're passive. <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm going to say I loved this one because I thought the writing was there, and I want to see more work from this author. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so I'm gonna say loved it with caveats, which I think what is what our listeners absolutely hate to hear. So it's, it's love it with caveats or love it, love it with caveats. Yeah, that's which, fair. That seems fair. I, let me just say this though: if you if you ever listen to our love it or loathe it, you'll notice that if we sound like we're not sure if we like it or not, we probably like it a lot more than the ones we hate because we do that's not true. mind like attacking <laughs> something we don't Somebody like. Somebody did comment that one time. They were like, "I like Annie's reviews because she's willing to tell me when she hates a book." Accurate. I will tell you. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you too. Sometimes I hate one, but I know it's for other people. Yeah. Um, but this one, I feel like we gave a little more nuance to. Maybe we felt so in such and such a way about it, but we think another reader might like it. So I think mm-hmm. we did a better job of that this time. So yeah, I'm gonna say love it with caveats. Mm-hmm. Um, so listeners, we would really like to hear from you. So if you read along with this book, or if you read it and wanted to talk to somebody about it, because I'm with Emily, I think this might be a better one to discuss with somebody. Please, please, please let us know. You can Instagram or tweet us at Bookshelf Teville, and you can also shoot me an email, Annie at BookshelfThomasville.com. I will warn you that I get a lot of emails, but if you put a separation in the title, I will respond to you. (laughs) Put it in the subject line. Um, Okay, so you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website. That's BookshelfThomasville.com. If a separation is intriguing to you, you can also buy a copy through the bookshelf, which we would absolutely love. That's BookshelfThomasville.com forward slash shop. And we hope you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BookshelfTeagle. Thanks, you guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.